0: The Bible says his ears are open to the cry of his people. I think one of the, and it's, it's just kind of hid away, a tiny little scripture, but it, it has so much meaning to it. The Bible said of the disciples of John the Baptist, when John the Baptist had been thrown in prison for his preaching, and uh, when Herodias, her Hatred for the truth that he had told and the conviction that it had brought on her, she asked that he be beheaded, and he was beheaded in prison, and his head was put on a big tray and brought out there for them to celebrate the silent voice of the prophet. Yeah. He won't be preaching anymore. Won't be. Te- he won't be getting on to y'all anymore, and they rejoiced about that. But the Bible said when his disciples heard about it, they went. And took up the body of John and went and buried him. They went and buried John. They had been his followers. Their heart was broken. They were troubled. They didn't know what the future held. And uh, when they finished burying him, the scripture just simply said, it didn't say anything about the flowers or anybody had prepared food. They received any cards or anything else. It says they, they went and took up the body of John and buried him. And went and told Jesus. That's it. There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go. There's no one else to tell. There's no one else to talk to. to Those who care can't help you. A lot of people don't care. And those who do care can't help you. And that's the end of the story. I mean, that's all it said. It said they went and took up the body of John and buried him. And went and told Jesus. Hallelujah. That's all we can do. That's as far as we can go. And I'm going to tell you, you don't need to go any further than that. Amen. You don't need to go any higher than that. There is none higher than that. There is no one who cares, who cares more. There is no one who cares more. There is, there is no one who will take your requests more serious. Amen. Who will, will reach Father to minister to you. There is no one that can heal a broken heart like Jesus can. There is no one that can make it all right like Jesus can. There is no one that can take your guilt or shame or sorrow and do away with it like Jesus can. There is no one that can reach in and fix things like Jesus can. Amen. If you genuinely go and tell Jesus and leave it there. Amen. You can tell a whole lot of people, and you can smear the mess all over the world. Amen. You can tell a whole lot of people, and you can get thud in the dumps all the time. The more people you talk to, the more depressed you get. Amen. The solution is, go tell Jesus. You got a problem? Go tell Jesus. Amen. Your heart is broken? Go tell Jesus. Amen. You woke up this morning with a heavy burden? Go tell Jesus. You've been disappointed? Go tell Jesus. You've been hurt? Go tell Jesus. Amen. You've been have uh, you been betrayed. Go tell Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got problems in the home, on the job, in the neighborhood, at school. Go tell Jesus. Hallelujah. And I mean, that was the end of the story. They, they wasn't beating their head on the concrete. They wasn't pulling their hair out. They wasn't popping pills. Amen. They just simply went and told Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, if you believe in prayer... If you have been taught and trained and you have learned to trust God, you know prayer works, praise God. You've got something, hallelujah, that will always take care of whatever your situation is. Hallelujah. Well, that's not my Bible lesson. That's just hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, that's all right. Yes, that's, that's what you call it. Amen. It's missionary offering giving time. I thank God that we can share the work of God around the world, those less fortunate than we are, and all the world is less fortunate than we are. I'm going to tell you, and I don't want to sound braggadocious, proud, but we really sit on the top of the hill of God's favor and God's blessings. The whole world is less fortunate than we are. Don't you spend no time today griping and complaining. Shame on you. The rest of the world are worse off than you are. Right. I do not know today anywhere where there are this many people gathered that's as well off as you are. Oh, there may be people who drive bigger cars and have more money. But all the way around, uh, our children, our family, the health, the blessings, uh, everything, all the way around, all the way around, we've got it better than the rest of the world does. And what we're giving today goes to those that have it a lot worse than we do. God bless you as you give and share appreciate your generosity and faithfulness. It makes the work of God enjoyable, and everyone joins in with it. Heavenly Father, we're thankful today. Thankful for missionaries. Thank you for those that have answered the call of God. There would be no way that we could uh, join in fulfillment of the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, except there are those who accept the call to leave home and family and travel and journey and go. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this church family that have been faithful in their prayer and support to missionaries for so many years. God, the offering that we bring this morning, we bring it with faith, we bring it with prayer. God, we bring it with thanksgiving that you'd let this offering go and put your blessings on it and let it be sent wherever it's needed most. May souls be saved and the work of God be blessed and helped because of the faithfulness of this church family. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Would you stand, please? God, bless our teachers as they uh, go to the rooms and wait for the churling. God bless you boys and girls and everyone. March by with us. Come by in the missionary march and leave your offering. Some of you boys come help us here. Leave a good missionary offering while they sing. If you don't have it with you, write it on a little slip of paper and bring it tonight.
1: Gospel light and let it shine forevermore. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light, send the light. We'll send the light, the blessed gospel. Light, Let it shine from shore to shore, send the light, the blessed gospel, light, let it shine forevermore. We will not grow weary in the Word, God bless, send the light, send the light, let us gather jewels for the crown of us, send the light. Everyone sing it with us. We'll sing the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine. Shore to shore, Send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine. Forevermore. Praise God.
0: Hallelujah. Praise. Hallelujah. I feel good about the missionary office. Praise God. I feel good about giving to the work of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for the songs, for the music, for the offering. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the second chapter of the book of Philippians this morning, Philippians chapter 2. Again, we welcome all of you here in our Bible class. Trust that you have your Bible, that you will listen today. My lesson today is not an inspirational lesson. It's instructional, and I know what you're thinking. Yeah, that's the way most of yours are. But uh, you've lived a long time on this home cooking, so don't kick it. By God's grace and help and mercy, amen. But I feel like God wants to help us with our thinking today. Let me read from Philippians chapter 2. If there be any, therefore, let me start over. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. of the cross. Everyone say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. That's the word, Lord. That's the word. Now, I am not going to teach a lesson in psychology. Two reasons. Number one, I'm not qualified. I can't even spell the word. But other reason is that uh, we cannot uh, receive spiritual truth in, uh, in uh, carnal settings or or carnal reasoning, but God in His Word gives us some instructions about how our mindset should be. And I do want to talk to you today about, about our thinking as a Christian. As a New Testament Christian, there has to be a certain mindset or everything will, uh, will be contrary and disappointing unless we think right. Living for God can be very upsetting. Uh, Going to church and serving the Lord can be very disappointing and frustrating. And we can spend a lot of time being hurt and offended and frustrated and unhappy unless we have our mind tuned up and have our mind in line with the mind of Christ. There's a certain way to think if you're going to be a happy Christian. Amen. So it is not a lesson in psychology, but I do want to talk to you about our mindset as a New Testament Christian. It's very important. And if we don't think right, then the things of God will not sit right with us. The things that we hear, the things that are taught, the things that go around us, are going around us, uh, will be disturbing and troubling to us unless we are thinking spiritually. The Bible has some things to say about our mind and our mindset. Uh, In the twelfth chapter of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we take those uh, several verses of Scripture there and uh, we talk about separation from the world, we talk about commitment to Christ, we're talking about being a testimony, we're talking about getting out there and proving what's right and wrong. But right in the middle of that is one of the most important aspects of that admonition, and we overlook it. He says, by the renewing of your mind. Amen. None of this is going to work right. It's None none of this is going to, to go smoothly, and it's not going to be carried out unless our mind is constantly tuned up, amen, with the mind of the Spirit. Right. The Bible says to be carnally minded. Cornally minded is death. Amen. To think carnally is so contrary to spiritual things. Now I know today, as I teach this lesson, that uh, we're dealing with human beings. Everything that you see and touch is temporal and carnal. Uh, material things are contrary to the spirit. Everything we see is uh, contrary to eternal. Uh, everything that the eye can behold is going to pass away. And uh, yet we try to focus our mind on things that are not seen. But uh, we are so surrounded with earthly things, and uh, we're so taught as a child. We're taught to read and write, to study, to learn, to reason, uh, we're, we're given ability to function and operate and to be proficient in the business world, uh, to communicate with intelligent people. And al- almost all of these people that we're communicating with in this business world that we're part of. This is not a spiritual setting. These people are not thinking spiritual. It's competitive. It's, uh, it's edgy. Uh, it's, it's sharp thinking. And that is rewarded in the business world. Uh, people who know how to maneuver and uh, outsmart other folks, they wiggle and worm their way to the top. And that's the way this carnal world operates. Uh, so here I am today a little country preacher trying to get all of you who are also out there making a living and going to school and learning and studying books and reading and communicating and talking on the telephone and working the computer and everything, here I am trying to help you to take your mind and submit your mind and yield your mind to the mind of Christ. My job's big this morning. Amen. I've got a real difficult assignment today because... I am talking to people, and I myself am human, and, and so human, and uh, so earthly, and so connected with material things, and human people, and communicating, and thinking, and, and figuring, and studying, and reading, and all of this, yet the Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches us that if we are going to fulfill the will of God and the purpose of God, Amen. One place it says, you've got to bring your thoughts into captivity. You've got to rein in your thinking. You can't just think any kind of way and please God. You can't just have uh, any kind of a uh, thought pattern and mindset. Amen. And 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 allow God to let His work and His righteous principles fit smoothly and concurrently, Amen, in your life. We will constantly be frustrated. We will constantly be disappointed and offended and hurt, amen, by the way God runs His church and the way things happen and the things we run into, amen, if we're not spiritually minded and have the mind of Christ. Amen. So it is not enough that we have been baptized in Jesus' name. It is not enough that we have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But we have to walk in the Spirit. As we taught last Sunday, Amen, we have to have the Holy Ghost to help us or else our mind will remain cornal and our thinking will remain cornal and we will be so uh, a part of the thought process of our generation and the way people around us live and the way we have been taught for proficiency and efficiency as a matter of uh, of uh, of of economic prudence amen we have been taught a certain way to think and assimilate information and uh, and and produce action amen that all of this has to be humbled and crucified And submit it to the will of God. And we have to constantly, as the Apostle Paul said, we have to die daily. Now, nobody is just naturally humble and sweet. No one, it does not come natural to anyone to submit themselves to others. Yet the Bible teaches that we should each one esteem others more than ourselves. Now, if I hadn't got your attention yet, maybe now you will say, "Hmm, maybe I do need this." If the Bible, in fact, says to esteem others more highly than yourself, now if the Bible said it. I just read it to you. If the Bible says that, how many of you need this lesson today? Amen. Okay, Amen. okay, thank you. Praise God. Now we'll proceed. So I don't want you to look at me like Lordy, Lord. I don't need. Yeah, you do need it yeah, too. Ma'am. And if you act like you don't need it, you're the one who needs it more than anybody else. So let's, uh, let's buckle up and pay attention. Amen. There is a will of God for each one of us. There is a life of peace. Amen. But our mind is going to have to be lined up with God's plan. Amen. And our mind is going to have to be sanctified. And we're going to have to have the mind of Christ. And when we have the mind of Christ, the things of God won't irritate us and aggravate us anymore. We'll fit smoothly in the plan of God when we're thinking like the Lord does. Now, I know it's a mighty big assignment uh, to tell you uh, that I'm going to try today to get us all thinking like Jesus thinks. Man, we'll be here past lunch, I'll tell you. And, uh, and And then when we get past lunch, we start going back the other way. Because you start reverting back to that old edgy way. Amen. So I just have a little space of time here. Amen. That I can get some good done. And hopefully I can reach some point there to where you can get the lesson. And you'll pray and think about it and meditate on it. And start working on it. And not totally reject it. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Now what we really want is for God to give us His Spirit. The righteousness, the peace and joy. The glory, the Wonderful, wonderful experience with God. Amen. But not only does He want to give us His Spirit, He wants us to give us His mind. Right. Amen. There are a lot of people, I've seen people that shout and dance and get happy. Amen. But their thoughts, their thought pattern, their mindset was not right. I saw someone shout around the building just having a hoopy time. I mean, really having a hoopy time. I just love the Spirit of God his spirit. And they run into one old lady and knocked her down and broke her arm. I said, you need to go tell that old sister that you're sorry. I ain't worried about that old woman. The Spirit of God. Just love the Spirit of God. But don't expect me to think like God thinks. Don't expect me to have a tender heart and mind of compassion and care. Let me tell you. Amen. Our Our righteousness is as filthy rags. If somehow God doesn't sanctify us, amen, and give us the mind of the Spirit to where we can think like God wants us to think, amen, we'll never impress this world without Christianity. You won't never shout high enough or talk in tongues enough or dress holy enough, amen, to impress anybody with your righteousness unless you have that humble spirit of compassion and mercy and kindness and care and patience and love that Jesus Christ had. The Bible said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Gird up the loins of your mind. All of us here today need to think better. All of us here today need to get rid of some of our mindset. And we need to bring our thoughts into captivity to Christ. We need to have our thoughts sanctified. Amen. We need to have our mind renewed. Now, there was probably a time when all of us was very tender hearted, very compassionate, very kind, not judgmental, not, uh, not easily offended. We were humble. We didn't, we were not proud and full of vanity. Thank you, Brother Gerald. We were not proud. We were not full of vanity. Uh, we didn't see ourselves as some big one. Everybody needs to kind of get out of our way because we're very important. But there was a time when we, saw other people better than ourself, and we humbled ourselves, and we were gentle and kind. Now, the Bible says, let that be renewed. I'm going to tell you, when you get in the presence of the Lord, really in the presence of God, weeping and praying and falling before Him and crying out to Him, and you really feel His presence and His love and His mercy on your life, I even mean, it is an humbling experience. When we put ourselves upside of Jesus Christ, we don't feel like we're so great. We don't see ourselves as so big. Amen? And so the renewing of our mind needs to bring us back to that place of genuine humility. Let's talk about the mind of Jesus Christ. And I feel so feeble, I'm certainly not going to try to analyze the mind of Christ. Because His his ways are past finding out, the Bible says. And as the heavens are high above the earth, so it's His thoughts higher than man's thoughts. His thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. Brother, Brother Mac, the mind of God, the mind of God is so awesome. Uh, we, cannot, uh, we cannot comprehend how God thinks. But, but He demonstrated to us and set a pattern for us and showed us how He thought toward other people. He showed us how He thought and how He felt. Toward other people. He gave us that example. Now he says, this mind has to be in us also. We sang that song, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. What part of Jesus do we want to be like? What part of Jesus do we want to be like? I want to have the power. Yes, that's great. To be like Jesus, you'll have power. I I want to have the faith. Yes, to be like Jesus, you'll have the faith. Amen. You will see miracles. I, I want to. I want to uh, have the uh, the charisma that Jesus had. Yes, to be like Jesus, you will be able to speak with compassion and kindness and effectiveness. But what about the mind of Christ? Would you like to have the mind of Christ? Do you want to be like? Do you want to think like Jesus thought? Do you want to? react to circumstances and situations like Jesus did, let's look a little bit at the mind of Christ. And you look back at the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, God Almighty, the great eternal God who sets high in the heavens, who made the world spoken into existence, the unquestionable authority and power of the universe, bigger than anything, bigger than any situation, bigger than any devil, Yet with compassion and love he came down to this earth. It was not God's fault that man was in the shape they were in. It was not God's fault that Adam was making a living by the sweat of his brow. It was not God's fault that Eve was bringing forth children with pain and sorrow. It was not God's fault that the earth was bringing forth thorns and thistles. Adam and Eve brought that on themselves. Their misery was their own doing. Their loneliness was their own choice. The fact that they were not in the Garden of Eden anymore, they chose that. How does God think? It was not His fault. They kicked Him in the teeth. They rejected what He gave them. He was good to them. They rejected it. They chose the other way. Now they're suffering for it. How does God think? Goody, goody, no, that's not the way God thinks. I told you so. That's not the way God thinks. No, sir. Amen. You made your bed, now sleep in it. That's not the way God thinks. No. Come on. Y'all listening? Yes, sir. Amen. He left his throne in glory, Brother Mac. Yes, he, did. he left his throne in glory. Yes, he and he came to this earth, yes, amen, and robbed himself in a fleshly body. Amen. And went in a manger because there was no room in the inn. The very people that used up all the good rooms in the hotel. Amen. God Almighty came down here to have mercy on them. Amen. And there were the sheep and the cattle in the dirt and the straw and the hay. He entered into this world. Amen. He could have come and someday He will come, the Bible said, with flaming fire taking vengeance. Amen, I He could have come and made a grand entrance into this world. Amen, I God Almighty came down here to rescue and to set it. He didn't do it that way. Amen, I He came in the form of man. He came in a manger. He entered this world in mean, humble settings. He rode in Jerusalem on a donkey. Amen, I, I saw the Pope. I saw him bring the Pope in at the, at, the, at the Basilica in Rome. They had him in this big... Very ornate uh, carriage. And they had him on their shoulders. And they brought him in. And he sat up there. And they was just walking along. And everybody just bowing to the Pope. And he had all of this finery and jewelry and riches and all of this. And they was bringing him in. Jesus didn't come that way. I say he didn't come that way. Amen. He came riding in on a borrowed donkey. Amen. Amen. Riding in on a borrowed donkey. Hallelujah. This is how Jesus thinks. This is the mind of Christ. Amen. He came to the lowly. He came to the downtrodden. He came to the brokenhearted. He didn't go call on the king. Amen. And say, "Now I'll sit here on the throne, and anybody can come and bow before." He went out in the street. I was thinking this morning, brother Mike, and I I confess to you. Amen. What I'm preaching to you, Amen. I need to learn for myself also. What I'm preaching to you, I have not accomplished. Amen. But I'm trying. We understand. Praise God. I'll be honest with you, nursing homes is not my hanging out place. But Jesus, God Almighty, Hallelujah, who walked that heavenly, heavenly city, whose Made the whole world and can do all things. Amen. We preach about Him healing the man by the pool. And we say, look at that. Jesus said, I'll make you well. Just go." Let's just look at Him. What's He doing down in the first place? Can you imagine? Here is a stagnant pool on the backside of town. Amen. And crippled people. That man had been there 38 years. There was no home help. There was nobody that came around to bathe him or change his bed. You know what he said? I have no man. Which tells me for 38 years there'd been nobody there to change his sheets or give the poor man a bath. Amen. You're talking about a pitiful place. You're talking about a sad place. And there's another over there and another, and it's all the way around there in all states of dying and, and sickness and disease and pitiful. The politicians didn't go there to make speeches. Amen. The televangelists didn't go there to hold crusades. Amen. The high society, the women's club, didn't go there to have meetings. Amen. But the great God of heaven. The great God of heaven. Hallelujah. hallelujah, Who could be anywhere. Who could do anything. Amen. You know what he did on the day that he could go anywhere he wanted to? He went down there. Amen. He said, sir, do you want to be healed? He said, I don't have anybody to help me, help put me in there. What's Jesus doing in a place like that? Do I have that mind? I'm not there yet. Do you have that mind? To go to the lowly. And he wasn't walking around... Ooh, this place sure stinks. They need to call a helper. No, he was coming down there to see if he could help these poor people that nobody else showed any interest in. He was seeing if he could come down here and show love to somebody that had never had anyone show love to them before. He was coming down here to see if he could rescue the outcast of society. That's how he thinks. Amen. That's how Jesus thinks. They have been ignored. They have been left out. They have been overlooked. Amen. Jesus said, I will go. When he stood in the temple and the large congregation was there, there was all kind of people there. You know who Jesus was attracted to? He saw a man with a crippled hand. I don't know why I always think he's sitting right over here. About where Brother LeWay is. Anytime I reference that, I sit right over here. So if you ever see somebody come in with a crippled hand, tell them sit right over there. Because that's where they're probably going to get help. But Jesus looked over that whole congregation. Man, there was fancy people there. I mean, they were people, important people there. And Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, Sir, I notice you. I relate to you. My heart goes out to you. You got my attention. Amen. Man with a crippled hand. If he was there hiring, if he was uh, representing a big company and he was looking for people to hire, he wouldn't have noticed that man. If he was looking for a husband for his Daughter, he wouldn't have noticed that man. If he would have been picking out folks to, to have dinner with, he wouldn't have noticed that man. But Jesus thinks this way. That's right. Here is a need and his mind draws him there. He said, man, I'll make you well. I'll, I want to do something for you. Amen. I can do something for you. And Jesus healed him and made him well. Let, let, me, let me show you. Let me show you where Jesus was one day, and and some of the people came out there, and they were they were kind of saying things about Jesus, and and they was kind of making fun, and uh, they they wasn't acting nice. You ever had anybody not act nice? They were irritating them, they were embarrassing them, and the disciples said, "Lord, let us call fire down from heaven and just wipe them out." Could Jesus do that? You better believe He could do it. Jesus could do it. Let me tell you, all of us have done things that if the Lord didn't think like He does, Amen, we would have been wiped out. If He didn't think like He does, Amen, we could have been wiped out. The disciples said, Lord, these folks are no good. Let us call fire down from heaven. They're there irritating us. They're contrary to what we're trying to call fire down from heaven and wipe them out. You know what Jesus said? You don't know what spirit you're of. You're thinking wrong. Your thoughts, your mind, your mind is not right. Now this is logical, and this is human, and this is earthly, and this is efficient. This certainly is efficient. Get rid of them, and it'll make life easier for us. Get them out of our way and we can get on with this revival we're trying to have here. Run them off and then maybe we can get something done. Amen. Let's just get rid of them. And Jesus said, you don't know what mind you're off. Amen. They also are children of Abraham. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) They, they They could straighten up. They ought to have a chance also. Amen. Amen. Can you see the difference in the mind of Christ and the mind of the disciples? The disciples were thinking efficiency. They were thinking progress. They were thinking let's get this show on the road. Amen. And Jesus was thinking that's a soul also. Yes, that is also a soul. Amen. That's a human being there. He said, You don't know what spirit you're of. You, you need to bring your thoughts into captivity. You need to get your thinking sanctified.
1: Glory. Help, 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 help Hallelujah. I
0: uh when the when the Bible school from Jackson came down and sang that night. The next day, they were all on the bus, all these people in Bible college studying, learning, going to be a part of the work of God. And when they started to leave, I got on the bus after everybody was loaded, and I just felt like saying a few words to them. And I just spoke from my heart. Here they are, the elite of Pentecost, getting ready to go out and, and present themselves as qualified, educated people to be in the work of God. And uh, I said, I want to to talk to you all just a minute. I want to remind you what Jesus said, what Jesus said. The day is going to come when we'll stand before God, when everything is all... You've made your name. You've been whoever you're going to be. But then when we stand before God, there's only one class of people that's going to go to heaven. Only one class. Only one class. Here is all that's going to matter when we get there. Here is the only welcome that's going to be given. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. It's not going to be well done, my good and faithful piano player, organ player, song leader. Well done, my good and faithful pastor. Well done, my good and faithful saint. Well done, my good and faithful Sunday school teacher. Well good. Well done, my good and faithful official. Well done, my good and faithful supporter. No, sir. Only servants go to heaven. And I said, I want you all to remember that. Sometimes you'll begin to think of yourself as being high and mighty. You outgrow your humble beginnings. And... Uh, But when you stand before God, God is going to judge us from the mind of Christ. How does God think? How does God think? And I'm going to tell you, however God thinks, that's how he measures and that's how he judges. However God thinks, that's how he is. And that's how he expects us to be. It's not easy to be a servant. It's very easy to outgrow that position of servitude. In the world that we live in, people are very, very busy trying to rise above that, trying to do better, trying to, sure, and so you ought to. God rewards initiative and drive and push and go. Yes, sir. But when it comes to serving God, your attitude and your treatment of other people and the, the way you think about your own self, Jesus gave us an example. Let's look at that. He said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And then he qualified that who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, what he is saying here, he didn't have to be. Jesus didn't have to be a servant. He's the high almighty God. And he could come to this earth, amen, and present himself as the absolute untouchable deity of the universe. He did not have to be humble. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, if a hobo falls off that train out there, and he hasn't an eaten three days, and he comes to your house very humble and says, sir, and please, and thank you, and, and all that, that's a big deal. That's nice of him to be that way. But he hasn't really got much choice. He, he really, he really, the position he's in, he's in no position to be uppity, right? right? He's old and ragged, and he's hungry, and he's sick, and he's tired. He's got, he's... He, he has no reason to be uppity. He can't walk up there and demand nothing. He can't He can't be cross with you. He needs to come with his hat in his hand if he has a hat. He needs to say thank you and yes ma'am and sir. And he needs to sit on the step and not come storming in the house. Say, ha, ah, fix me something to eat around here. No, he needs to be humble because he can't do any better. But Jesus Christ didn't have to be humble. Jesus Christ did not have to serve. Jesus Christ did not have to be born in a manger. Jesus didn't have to ride a boy donkey into town. Jesus didn't have to sit down, amen, and bring little children to him and put little children on his knees and bless them. The disciples said, Send them away, send them away, send them away. This is Jesus, send them away. He's more important than that. Amen, but his mind was such that he said, let the little children come to me. He just said, I'll sit right down here. Amen. Jesus saw himself as a servant. That was his mindset. He wasn't pretending. He wasn't putting on a show. He wasn't trying to be humble. He saw himself as a servant. He took upon Himself the form of a servant. This He became. He became a servant. Amen. He did not feel that it was beneath Him for little children to come up and take His time. He didn't feel like that uh, they were taking advantage of Him. He was so important and they were so little. He really thought this way. This was His mindset. I am a servant. Amen. And it is not beneath me. I am not embarrassed by it. I'm not humiliated by it. Little children, come right here. Sure, I have time. The disciples said, send them away. Jesus said, no. No, right here. Amen. That's just, I, I fit well with these little children. And my time is not wasted with these little ones. Because that's the way Jesus thought. That's the mind of Christ. He took upon him the self, the form of... He didn't have to. Amen? And just because you have begun to climb the ladder of life, be sure, be careful. Now you don't have to be nice. Now you don't have to ask for anything. Now you don't have to be humble. Amen. Then have the mind of Christ. Amen. He's God Almighty.
1: And He willingly took upon Him the form of a servant and became obedient unto death. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Send them away. Jesus said, no. Don't send them away. The disciples were not as humble as Jesus was. The disciples were not as compassionate as Jesus was. Peter was a fisherman. I mean, he was a, he was a low class fisherman. He is a fisherman that fished naked with no clothes on. He was low class. Amen. And here he was. All of a sudden he got him a suit of clothes. All of a sudden he'd learned to talk in public a little bit. Amen. He said, get him churling away. Churling away. Take him churling away. Amen. He had already outgrown where Jesus had willingly Lived. He had already, his mind had already got bigger than the mind of Christ. We ought to be careful about that. I don't want you to raise your hand, but can you remember when you were more humble than you are now? Can you remember when you were more meek than you are now? Can you remember when you were more charitable and more patient and more kind and gentle than you are now? Amen. Don't let your blessings become a curse to you. Don't be the to see in church that finally grew the place that we're rich and increased in goods and have need of nothing. And Jesus said, No you're not that you're wretched, miserable, poor, and blind. Even we're where our heart is, I'm telling you, when we stand before God it's going to be to what degree and to what level and to what genuineness we have lived the life of a servant. Now, sometimes I hear people say, well, I, I don't mind being a servant to God, but I'm not going to be a servant to people. Let me help you there or make you mad. The only way you can serve God is to serve people. You tell me how you're going to serve God, Amen. except the service that you provide to other people. You tell me how you can show the right attitude toward God except by showing that right attitude to people I mean you can't go out in the woods and hug trees I mean that those are idiots those are idiots they're trying to shut down a, a research medical research laboratory up there because they're using dogs in their research looks like they're gonna shut it down they're out there picketing goofy I saw the picture in the paper they goofy looking people out there big signs save the animals save the animals save the animals Save the trees out there hugging
1: trees. (laughs)
0: They're idiots. You can't serve God by saving little dogs and trees and hoot owls and wiggle tails. That's not the work of God. You can only serve God by your genuine concern and compassion and treatment of other human beings. That's the only business God's running on this earth is people business. And if you're going to do the work of God, you're going to have to do it with other people. There is no ministry outside of people ministry. God's not looking for monks that have closed himself up in a little cave and, and write on stone in the dark. Amen. And spend their whole time there until they swivel up to little, little monkeys. That's not the work of God. That's not how you serve God. You serve God by going out and doing something for somebody. Amen. Lifting the oppressor. Amen. Lifting the burden. Trying to encourage and to to save and deliver and and make life better for someone. You don't do it by, by condemning and criticizing and beating people on the head. Amen. You do it by trying to save and rescue and lift up and encourage and help and minister to them. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you give a cup of water to somebody, I'll write it down. Would you give Jesus a cup of water? Oh, yes, I'd be glad to give Jesus a cup of water. I'd do anything for Jesus. I don't do nothing for none of these people. They can work just like I do. Let them serve themselves. Let them help themselves. Let them do. Don't get in my way. Don't bother me. I'm pretty important. Don't mess with me. It's not the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It is not the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He didn't have to. Yes. Yes. If George W., if George W. comes to the house and stands on the porch and takes his hat off and says, Ma'am, would you give me a sandwich? Would you? Now, he didn't have to do that. Or if he comes and says, Ma'am, uh, I, see, I see your yard all growed up in weeds and you don't have no way to mow it. Let me mow your yard for you. Now, that's humility. That's Humility. But if a hobo falls off the train, he comes up begging a meal. Amen. That's just a situation in life that he's in. When you fill him up good and give him a suit of clothes, he may be just as arrogant as he can be. God Almighty came to this earth and demonstrated amen, what he really was. Compassion, mercy. Read the 53rd chapter of Isaiah and you'll see the thinking of God. His thinking. They spit on him. They spit on him. They called him a devil. They said he casts out devils by the prince of devils. Now, you know what? I'm thinking to be. Huh. well, if they're going to misjudge my motives, and they, I just won't heal nobody else. They find fault. with, say, you're doing it by the power of the devil. I just won't heal nobody else. And like that, I won't be crucified. I won't be criticized. If I don't do nothing, I don't get criticized. If I don't reach out to people... They don't find fault. So I just save myself, and I was won't worry about it, that's not the mind of Christ. Amen. The mind of Christ will expose you to criticism. The mind of Christ will put you in situations where people can find fault. The mind of Christ ministering and reaching and helping will put you in positions where you cannot defend yourself. People will not understand. They will not accept your motive and your purpose. Amen. You will expose yourself to their criticism. When when people, when when Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus. Jesus, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody said, quiet, quiet, quiet. This is a very important person here. Coming through town here, very quiet. Jesus said, tell him to come to me. Jesus was not offended by that. Jesus told us a little story. He said, when you're invited to a feast... When you are invited to a feast, don't go in there and take the high seat where the honored guest sit. Don't be presumptuous. Everybody say, don't be presumptuous. be presumptuous. Don't project yourself as if I'm really somebody important. Don't think that way. Don't think of yourself as being a very important person. I'm a VIP very ignorantly presumptuous. V-I-P. That's over there. Anyhow. Now, I'm a very, very important person. Very presumptuous. Jesus said, Don't go in and set way up there as if that is where you belong. You think that's where I belong. Because he said, Somebody more important than you may come in. And the master of the feast said, sir, uh, come down, sit down here, and let him sit up there. You ever had that happen to you? No, 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 no. not nod your head. Whose fault is, is the master of the... No, it's his fault for being so presumptuous to think that that's where he belongs. Jesus said, but rather, when you go to feast, take the low seat. Amen. You come on in, and you sit right here. Oh, that, that's fine, that's fine, right here, that's good. That's good. That's good. And he said, you know, the master of the feast may look around and say, hey, sir, hey, hey, uh, you you go and sit up there. That's where you belong. He said, then you'll be honored. But don't let it be your thinking. Don't think that way, that you belong way up there and others belong way down here. The Apostle Paul said, think of others more highly than yourself. Now, the Apostle Paul was like I am. I'm not teaching this today as if I've got it all mastered. And neither did Paul. Paul said, I die daily. Paul would find himself being vagabondous. Well, he said, I'm educated too. I have the feet of Gamaliel, you know. And then the Holy Ghost would knock him back down. And he said, I'm less than the least. I am less than the least. I, I'm an apostle born out of due season. Everybody else better. We've got to crucify that. We've got to have a mind of Christ. We've got to bring our thoughts into captivity. Amen. We have to have a renewing of our mind. Bring it back to Calvary. Bring it back to Calvary. They crucified Him with nails in His hand, thorns in His head, shame upon Him, agony and suffering, all of this, and they're down there laughing, making fun. Here's how he thinks. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Lay not this sin to their charge. Lay not this sin to their charge. When Peter denied Him and cursed and swore, Jesus just looked at him with compassion. What an insult. And all of the ministry of Jesus here on this earth, He wept, He cried, He cried at the grave of Lazarus, His heart was broken, He wept over Jerusalem because they, they failed to recognize their day of opportunity. Pardon me. He had compassion he he had emotions but not one time did Jesus show any evidence of personal offense I am offended you have hurt me because you have not given me the dignity that I deserve you have not given me the recognition that I deserve so my feelings are hurt not one time did Jesus show any sign that he got his feelings hurt because somebody didn't grant to him his position and recognize his power and show the, uh, the due respect of his office and the place that he, the person that he really was. Not one time. You know why? Because he did not see himself there. He saw himself there. Amen? This man sitting down here is not going to be offended today. No matter what, no matter who goes up and who goes down, this man is not going to get offended because he's sitting on the low seat to start with. When he comes in, he says, this is where I belong. Amen? That's why Jesus knelt down and washed your disciples' feet, Brother Mike. He said, I've given you an example. I have given you... Now, it was not just an example of tell, showing them how to wash feet. Jesus gave them an example of servitude. In my forty five years of pastoring, the people who get their feelings hurt, and I say this with respect, as far as I know right now nobody's feelings hurt. It's a good time for me to teach this, because as far as I know, right now nobody's feelings are hurt. So I'm not saying this to anyone in particular. My 45 years of pastoring the people who got their feelings hurt, it was because they did not think that they were being shown the dignity and getting the honor that they deserved. They thought that they should have been treated higher and with more honor and given more recognition because they thought that they were higher than where people were treating them and they were offended by it. They were unhappy and miserable by it. People change churches because they think somewhere else they will be looked up to as a higher person. People take their families and go somewhere else because they think that their family is not getting the respect and the honor and the accolades and the recognition that they deserve. Uh, So they are offended by it. Amen. The great God of heaven came to this earth, was spit upon, despised, lied on, mistreated, bypassed, amen, insulted, and never one time did he say, Y'all hurt my feelings, because he took the form of a servant. And when in your mind you esteem others better than yourself, there's no place for jealousy then. Let me say that again. When we reach that place, there's no place for jealousy. The devil can't come and make you jealous of somebody else. Amen. Because in your mind, you don't see yourself as competing with him. You're just glad God let you in his church. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know y'all don't like this. I don't neither. I know y'all don't like this. I don't like it either. But it's the way it is. It's contrary to our flesh. It's contrary to our human thinking. It's contrary to the society we live in. Amen? It goes against the grain. It goes against what we have been taught. Amen? Of success in life and business. It goes against all of that. No, we don't like it. We've got to crucify the flesh to attain to this. You think Jesus liked it? that the sins of the whole world was dumped upon him. You think Jesus liked it that they drove those nails in his hands? But he didn't cuss and struggle. He didn't lash out and say all kind of mean, ugly things about it. He said, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. I'm telling you, Jesus set an example for us. We may never reach it, but we need to be reaching for it. Amen. We need to understand that there will be a lot less frustration among us Amen. It will cut out the jealousy and the competition. It will cut out all this putting another down to raise us up idea. Criticizing somebody else to make us look better. Amen. Amen. Criticizing somebody else's singing. Amen. Uh, To make one of our choice ones sound better. God, help us to get to the place, praise God, that all of us say, Lord, just whatever, if you can use me any kind of way. God, I can't imagine what you could use me for, but Lord, if you can use me any kind of way, I'm sure willing to do anything. Amen. I don't count myself too good to do anything. Shame on me. Amen. Just because I've been the pastor here for 45 years, if I think I'm too good to pick up paper in the church. Shame on me. That's not the mind of Christ. He was God Almighty forevermore. Forevermore He was God Almighty. And He came down to this earth, amen, and got down and washed Judas's feet. And Brother Ricky, he didn't tickle his toes either. I will not sit next to Brother Ricky and I can foot washing. He's humble enough to wash my feet, but he's got meanness in him. Jesus washed Judas' feet. And he was not just putting on. He wasn't just, he wasn't just putting on. That's the way he was thinking. He was humble enough to do that. Not gonna finish this today. We're not ever gonna finish this. We're gonna to have to work on this the rest of our life. Only servants go to heaven. Yep. Can we be a servant? Yep. How are we gonna be a servant? Servant to one another. But I'm I'm the pastor, I'm the leader. Y'all the servants. No, sir. Amen. I want to go to heaven too. Yep. I say, I want to go to heaven too. Yep. One of the most difficult things that I've ever tried to do was convince preachers, convince preachers that the call to the ministry is above all things, it is a call to servitude. It is a call to servitude. I am a servant. I'm a servant to God. Amen. And God assigns me to serve His people here. To serve. To serve. Now, From your position, yes, you should view the ministry with respect. You should view the ministry with respect for leadership. Amen. But from my perspective, honestly, deep inside, I have to be a servant. And I have to know that I am a servant. I have to think like a servant. I am a servant. And if I do not see and understand that I am a servant, I am not a deity, I am not a Lord over God's heritage, I am a servant of God assigned to serve you, to serve your needs. Now, I have to think that way or I will be frustrated and offended if somebody dares to treat me like a servant. Now, this is important. I will be frustrated and angry and hurt if somebody treats me like a servant. But if I am a servant, and I know I am a servant, and I have the mind of a servant, and I make myself a servant, and I live as a servant to do, to serve, to help, to reach out, Amen. little children, old people, everybody, then it is no offense to me. It is not upsetting to me. I am not offended. I am not insulted if someone treats me like a servant. Jesus was not offended that people treated Him like a servant. Now, looking from the other way, the people should respect the kind of servant that He was. The people should respect that this is the great God of heaven come down to this earth here to reach us and to minister to us and help us. Yes, but Jesus Himself presented Himself to the people as a servant. Let this mind which was in Christ Jesus also be in you. Give someone a drink of water. Amen. Visit the sick. Do something for somebody. Minister to somebody. Submit yourself one to another. Amen. And if you can genuinely come to that place, praise God, you will live a life without pressure, You'll live a life without resentment. You'll live a life without hatred. You'll live a life without jealousy. You'll live a life without being offended. You'll live a life without ever feeling that you're being left out. I mean, you'll be so happy and you'll get along so well and you'll find so many opportunities to minister to people and they'll criticize you and find fault. And that will not change your mind about it. You'll just keep doing the right thing. And you'll just keep trying to help whoever you can. And you'll, you'll just be sweet to little churling. Amen. And people say, well, he's so silly. He's so silly. Just sit down with him little churling. You'll you just keep on doing it anyway. Amen. Take time with old folks and they just giggle. You just giggle with them because you don't think of yourself as being too important for that. The mind of Christ. Would you stand?
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. I know you don't like it. I don't either. Thank you, God. That's the way it has to be for me and for you too. That's the way it has to be. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Quit quit chasing yourself around and around.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I'm just not happy about this. I...
0: Settle down. Slow down. Praise God. Get the mind of Christ. Realize what our place really is in the kingdom of God. Amen. Don't try to put yourself way up there and you won't be cut down. I've said before, amen, some big person come up and they're going to say, I'm going to knock you down. All you got to do is sit on the floor and say, well. (laughs) Hallelujah. Big man not going to knock you down if you just sit down on the floor. I can knock you down too many people trying to take up their rights. I ain't letting nobody push me around. Nobody push me around. Be surprised how you can get rid of all that. You just get rid of all that. Praise God. Put yourself, amen, in submission to the will of God. Submit yourself unto Him. Say, God, bathe me with your spirit, your right spirit, your right attitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the pressure and the competition is gone. Let's pray. Help us, God. Help us, God. We need you so much. Oh, Lord, to be like you. We have so far to go to be like you. I pray, God, that you'd have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us. Sanctify our spirit, Lord. God, our whole spirit and body and mind and soul be sanctified before you. We need you so very much, God. We need your help, God. We need to be like you. Let us have the mind of Christ. Oh, Lord Jesus. God, let us submit ourselves one to another, hallelujah, hallelujah, and to think of others more highly than ourselves, Lord Jesus, and live without resentment, and live without offense, Lord, and live, Lord, without pride and without vanity, hallelujah, not living walking in the vanity of our minds, God, but to live in submission to the divine will and purpose of God, so that when we stand before You, Lord Jesus, we just want to hear You say, Well done, Praise. my good and faithful servant. My good and faithful servant. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through the afternoon today, let's be in prayer. Let's pray and prepare ourselves for the service tonight. Amen. We need a Holy Ghost revival service tonight. There are hungry souls that needs to get prayed through to the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. Tonight, be in the prayer room. Come early. The sun's still going to be up high, so don't wait until the sun starts going down. The time has changed. Be in the prayer room with us. Let's come out here tonight. Be ready to have a Holy Ghost service. Believe God for it. God bless all of you. Bless one another in the name of the Lord. Amen. Take the Bible lesson today. This was not for inspiration. This is Bible instruction. God help us. Amen. Personally, each one of us strive to measure up to this. Jesus' name. Thank you for the missionary offering, $3,830. $3,830. Thank you very much.